Hey everyone, I'm Jen Alberg and welcome to the Key Academy podcast. The Key Academy is my coaching business where myself and coaches focus on health, performance, and longevity. I've spent the last 12 years coaching people how to optimize health and performance, and this podcast is an attempt to synthesize what I've learned over the years to help you live a higher quality or more fulfilling life. If you enjoy this content or have questions that you want covered, click the show notes to find out how to learn more from me. Uh, I today I'm going to talk about the the scale and why I hate it, and then I'm also going to talk about I'm gonna, just going to expound, I guess, on a few things that I said on the last tracking podcast because I've gotten in person questions about about that, and so I'll I'll just kind of expound on that. And so first first of all, I I do want to talk a little bit about the scale. I have a lot of people use the scale for different reasons, and and if you've ever worked with me, you know that I really can't stand the scale. Uh, because of the mind games that it plays on on everyone and how, you know, somehow all women have decided that collectively their entire self-worth is going to be correlated to what this scale says in the morning, even if the scale is broken. Like that has frustrated me for for so long. And I think it's frustrated me because there's a lack of knowledge around what that scale is actually showing you. And so um so I wanted to explain myself on why I get so triggered when when somebody starts talking about the scale uh, night in and night out. So so let's talk about why I it's it's kind of an inaccurate form of measurement unless you weigh yourself every single day at the same time, having the same sleep, same water intake, uh, same morning routine, meaning you you woke up and you went straight to the bathroom, excreted what you can, and then you stepped right on the scale. Uh, unless you do that daily, then I have very little tolerance for what the scale says. If if you're doing it, say, uh, week to week, you know, every Monday morning or whatever you decide to do or whatever I have you do even. It's not very helpful information week to week. Now, that being said, it is it is data for a long period of time. So it is, it is important to do. However, it's it's not important to obsess over and that's and that's what I want to explain here. And I know I know that I'm going to have a ton of clients that listen to this and say, "Well, you have me track, you know, every Monday morning or whatever." But hear me out again. That data is is for a long period of time. The we're talking like over the course of a year. Is yeah, I I do want that data. Um, I would prefer to have every single day. Like I said, structured, same time in the morning, excreted, same water intake every single day so that I can take an average of that and show you that across, you know, a two-month span, your your average weight is, you know, down by two and a half pounds or something like that. But if you just select random days out of the month, you could be up five pounds. And so if what matters is consistency to a diet, then something as pivotal as uh, choosing when to step on that scale is is severe is severely important. So um, I like it when we can track it week to week, just because of the the like over the cross course of the year we can track it, and you can look at the year and say, wow, you know, I'm down 15 pounds this year, which by the way is a lot. It's a lot to be down 15 pounds in a year's time when the average weight gain over the course of a year after the age of 30 is four pounds. So it's nice to look at across the year, but if you're not going to have consistency in stepping on the scale 
with all of those things falling in line, then then let's not do it. And for sure, let's not, you know, go off the rails because you you stepped on the scale and you're up 0.5 pounds today. What we don't have in science and in research is is we don't have something that could weigh ourselves every like three minutes throughout the day. I mean, man, that would be cool. I guess Apple should figure that out. They've got, they've got everything else figured out. But, you know, unless you can weigh yourself every three minutes throughout the day, you, you would see that you weigh within about a five pound range, even through the course of a day. So because of water fluctuations or lymphatic drainage or an adrenal response or many things that can can change what you weigh in the in the minute of your day, you might see that you're four pounds heavier at the end of a day than when you started the day or vice versa. Or 10 a.m. you check your weight and you're you're two pounds lighter than you were this morning or whatever. So you you would put a lot less onus on the scale if you would see the massive fluctuations that happen just over a, over the course of a day. So I guess all of that is to say that when you step on the scale and you've uh, you're up 0.5 pounds from yesterday and then you throw in the towel, um, I'm I'm mad at the scale. I'm not mad at the person, but in my opinion, you've got to have a way forward with the scale. It cannot be random. It cannot be just hop on it whenever you feel like it or whenever you're feeling fat or worried about it or or, or what you might be up four pounds from the day prior and not even eating a whole lot. So, so that's why I try really hard to make the plan work for the person as far as it as far as the scale goes. And to be honest, for some people, it's been you don't get to weigh yourself. Throw your scale away. Uh, we're going to weigh you in a year, and we're going to talk about some other non-scale victories. Um, and then, for some people, it it is an actual daily thing that gives them the drive and motivation and security, and they don't go off the rails or or whatever. So, it really has to fit you and your individual psychology. The second thing that I'm addressing is uh, one that I got about just expounding on the caloric tracking podcast, the the last podcast that I did. And what I said in it is I, I don't believe people when they come to me and they say that they're eating a thousand calories and they can't lose weight. Uh, you're, you're unintentionally lying. And I think unknowingly lying as well, but that's not how thermodynamics works. Um, and so the, what do you think is true? You figured out how to defy the laws of thermo- thermodynamics or you're not tracking appropriately, which do you think is probably true? And so that's, I don't think you're lying on purpose. I, I really don't, but um, I've gotten some questions on that. So I'm going to keep talking about it. People are horrible, horrible estimators of their energy intake, which means their food intake. There was a super recent study done. I think it was in 2021 with people who were self-reporting and saying that they couldn't lose weight and that they were, they were eating some super small amount of food. And what they did is they put those people in a metabolic ward and they asked them to journal their food intake that was given to them. They were, they were given the food and they were supposed to journal it. They had measurement devices, they had food scales, they had whatever that they needed to, to make this happen. They were in a metabolic ward and they were asked to journal this food the ward 
obviously knows how much that they're actually consuming. They had to do I's and O's, ins and outs. And the average error of tracking was 55% average error. And that was underreporting. Um, obese people were, you know, bigger culprits of the 30 to 55%. And then lean people were closer to the 18 to 20% as far as just getting as close as they could to reporting how much food that they were actually consuming. So again, repeating what I've said is that I, I don't think that you're lying. I think that we're just, we just have no idea. And then if you, if you knew anything about the laws in, in reporting nutrition labels too, you'd understand that we can't even trust what's written on a label or what's in my fitness pal or whatever you're using. So we just, we have no idea. There is a standard deviation of 20% that is allowed on food labels, which means that 200 calorie bar that you consumed could be 180 calories or it could be 220 calories. But all of that is allowed on the on the label. So again, I'm not saying you're lying. And the question that I got is, so does that mean that I just shouldn't be tracking anything at all? If I can't track calories in and we can't really track calories out, then you know what what's the point in tracking at all? And I think that there's just still value. And I think there's still value in awareness and we cannot change what we aren't measuring. We have no idea if we aren't measuring it. It would be no different than me telling you that budgeting your money has no value because you know you can't you can't really track everything coming in and everything going out because you know emergency expenses happen in the month or <laughs> stimulus checks happen or taxes happen. Maybe you have variable income or multiple streams of income as everybody does these days. Um, but it's still valuable to budget, even though you can't track everything coming in and out just by creating an awareness and having a plan towards being financially free, you are more likely to become financially free versus ad libitum. As an aside, I, I like to use that same analogy for when people um, talk about muscle mass as well. I think it's a good analogy for, for both. Having more muscle is like having a bigger budget. So like financially, if you have a fairly large monthly budget because you make more money, then then you can buy the bigger house, nicer car, whatever. And it won't really impact you as much financially, which is the same thing as having bigger muscles or more lean body tissue. You you just you have a bigger budget when it comes to consuming maybe some some crappier foods or or more calories one day. It doesn't affect you quite as much or have as much of an impact on your body weight. So for people that don't really want to put on a ton of muscle for one reason or another, um, I, I think it's really valuable to understand it as far as the budgeting standpoint goes. So I know there's a tangent, but I, I think it's a good analogy for a lot of things that come down to uh, calories and tracking. And one thing that I've learned with, with tracking is that like get as close as you can like weigh things when you can, measure things when you can, and then do your best. And you're still going to end up much better off than just not tracking anything at all. Uh, oh, I forgot. It, in that study, uh, nutritionists and dietitians were tracking about 10% as far as underreporting goes. They were, they were tracking, their tracking error was 10%, which is as, as close as you could get 
that's what I'm saying is like even nutritionists are bad at it. And so, you know, most people are just horrible at estimating. But I just, I got super sick of tracking every morsel for so long. And, and now what's worked for me is to take a good week every six or eight weeks and track things. Um, it kind of just reminds my eyes what a tablespoon looks like. Uh, it reminds my eyes mostly what peanut butter <laughs> looks like as far as the serving goes, um, what a cup is and so on and so forth. And so um, I think there's a ton of value in in doing it that way as well. If you're just like, I can't, I can't do it. There are plenty of ways to lose weight without tracking. However, I think that it's best to have some form of tracking in there at some point in time, even if it is short term. And I go back to the same thing with the scale. Like you've got to find out what works with with your psychology and your individual psychology. And for me, that's what works is is I think I do a pretty good job of of eyeballing and so on and so forth. But then I've I've got to take a week and be really strict about it so that I can see how much I'm actually consuming. That reminded me of a a third question that I've been getting more frequently lately. And so I'm just going to tangent to that before I'm done is that I have a lot of people ask me, so is it better to just be on the ball restrictive all the time or is it better to be really perfect and then relax for a day or two? And if you listen to my podcast and you listen to the 80-20 rule, you know how I feel about that. But I also want to say that that it goes back again to that individual psychology and how you are motivated. So I have a lot of people on, you know, every single day is, are these macros or every single day is this, you know, intermittent fasting or, or whatever. And then other people that I will have do, you know, six days of tracking and being awesome and a seventh day of, of off a little bit more. And that's, that's after conversation and that's after learning them and knowing what is going to work best for them. Because the fact of the matter is, is that they, it will not work if they don't do it. I feel like I say that on every podcast. It Nothing will work if you don't do it. Having a gym membership doesn't work if you don't go. I just try to come up with a non-food example. It, it doesn't, you have to do it consistently for, for it to work. So, um, so that's when it comes down to individual psychology, but also like if you want any sort of weight loss to happen, you can't get away from restriction. I have a client who who said to me once, anytime I feel restricted, that makes me want to consume it even more or whatever. So there's got to be a plan out there that doesn't make me feel restricted and then I will follow it. And I think a lot of people are like that. And she's just really good at knowing herself. And she's also just really honest where she's like, I'm, I don't want to restrict myself. And so what kind of a plan do you have for for that? Let's not restrict myself and let's lose weight. You can't get away from this being restrictive. You have to restrict something, whether it's calories, food groups, or our time. I think I've talked about that a long time ago is you either are restricting calories or a dietary food group or time. And sometimes, well, for the fastest results, you'll restrict all of those. But I've had clients that feel so caged when they're restricted and that cage makes them go crazy, it's inevitable. Therefore, pick whatever restriction feels the least restrictive because you are going to feel restricted. If if you want any sort of weight loss to happen, there's no comfortable way to do it. So which one is the most comfortable for you, which is why any of the 
any of the plans that you want to do work. I don't care if it's keto or carnivore or high carb or low carb or paleo or I, I don't care. It doesn't matter. They're all the same. So which one are you going to do? And which one feels the least restrictive so that you will actually do it? And that's different for everyone. This is where people get tied into one certain way of dieting being the only way to lose weight. You've you've probably known those people that swear by the X diet or whatever they've done that has helped them lose a bunch of weight. They lost all of their weight after trying for so many years on the ketogenic diet or whatever. And then they finally lost the weight because they went on paleo. Then they profess that the only way that people can lose weight is if they also do paleo. And everybody who does, keep, does keep the ketogenic diet is just silly and it's not going to work. The fact is that form of restriction for them was the easiest. If it is easier for you to follow a time restriction, then fast for 18 or 20 hours and then keep yourself in check for the next four to six hours. If that's the easiest and that's the one that you'll do, then that's the one that will work for you. So that was that was an, another thing that I've been um, – another question that I've been answering a lot is is just around – you know, how restrictive do I have to be? And, you know, this 80-20 thing doesn't work. No, it doesn't. You need more like a 95-5. But really what what works for your psychology? And then don't listen to anybody who has found a result or a good result with X diet. That might not be the right one for you. So a lot of uh, misinformation out there. So uh, I've kept you longer than I wanted to per usual. So um, I will stop there and I don't know, I think I will try to do one of these. I'm going to try to do one of these a month and that's going to be, I'm going to write it down and, uh, find the, I don't know, discipline, I guess, to get it in my calendar because it's that important. So thank you for listening and coming back even after a hiatus. <laughs>